it's the Popcorn Boys, and we're coming in hot. We are coming at you live from Culver City, California. I'm Kyle Jamison. With me is Daniel Trainer, and Daniel. What is happening? Uh oh. Oh yes. More of a lead up to this than I thought. When I tell you this is the only song I've cared about for the past two weeks of my life. Yeah, you really prepared this well. There we go. There it is. Is you. All I need is a miracle. All I need is you. Daniel. Wow. I did not see that coming. That really filled me with a lot of joy. There you go. <laughs> we are back, baby. The boys are back. Oh, our boys are back in town. Previously on the Popcorn Boys. We spoke to you about the career of Edgar Wright, and then we yeah. said, hey, <laughs> we will see you next week with another episode, and here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going we're gonna to talk about Spencer. Oh, right. I forgot. Okay. We're going to talk about Eternals. We're going to talk about Angelina Jolie's career. Yeah. We're going to talk about <laughs> the best actress race, and guess what? We gave you none of that. <laughs> and that's because we were, let's say it together, Deathly <laughs> Daniel and I both got COVID last week. Oh my god, I wish. I no, wish neither of us got COVID. Why would I say that? Um I had a week long hangover after partying in Texas. Is that really what it was? Oh yeah. A week long hangover. I mean See, I got I, I went to Texas. I you know I'm I'm a big Aggies fan. Okay. We saw there's them. not enough time to unpack. I that. saw the Aggies knock off Auburn at Kyle Field. Oh my god. Kyle Field. And then I uh, you know, got back to LA and then and, and I had a cold for a week. Yeah. And I just kinda laid around yeah. sniffling. Yeah, the worst. And then I got it. I can maybe you can sound, hear it in my voice. Do I sound sexy? No, Coming you up sound the... uh, nasally. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have said this time last week. I would have sounded infinitely worse than probably. Yeah, than I'm coming off it now. I feel better today than I felt in probably five days. Uh, it's nasty out there. Have like we it... seen each other since the last podcast recording? Yes. We watched oh, yeah. something. Something. <laughs> Oh, we watched AEW together. And, uh, yeah, that was it. We watched AEW, right? There was something else. There was something else happening. No, that was it. Was there a college football game or something? Oh, then we watched. Saturday. There's basketball. We watched the Gonzaga, Texas game. That's what it was. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay. I had hockey on my computer. Oh, I mean, what a day. Yeah. So I saw you then. That was like right in between. I was wondering. I was like, did I... we get independently sick? Did, you know, but... I don't know. You probably got me sick. I'm going to go with that narrative for sure. Well, what are you going to do? And how dare you? But we're back. The boys are back in town. Uh, I know. I, and all we need is a miracle. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it. Are you going to explain <laughs> what that that song cue was to anyone? Or are you just going to let that linger? This week on the Popcorn Boys, we will be discussing primarily two movies yeah. that we each saw independently, independently which again recently. feels very weird. I haven't seen them. That's one thing. I haven't seen a movie with you in a few weeks. It's been a while, yeah. I, it's, I feel untethered from reality. Uh, like the movie Us, 
Which one is yes. Lupita Nyong'o and which one is the other Lupita Nyong'o? Wow. And that's a great question. We'll unpack that. And do we even know which one is which? Because, Ooh. spoiler alert, dun, for the movie Us, dun. it's a bit unclear. The score to Us. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's what I just did. Mm-hmm. You, did you did it mm-hmm. better. I don't know why I went... Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. It's much more string heavy. Mm-hmm. I can't do strings. No? No. The only instrument I use is my voice. You know, uh, at the end... At the beginning of any orchestra concert, they start never been. By, would they, never all, go. they start by just going. <laughs> where for some reason they all just like string their violins or whatever the hell. Do you go to a lot of orchestra concerts? Is that what they're called? I'm not going to an orchestra concert. Oh, uh, we call them uh, conciertos. Conciertos. <laughs> what or- What are you talking? About? What orchestra concert do you go to? I, I, I don't know. Anytime you hear an orchestra play. I've never done. Like I've never heard that in my life. They do like the "Hey, audience, shut up" thing, and and they all just oh, do like. Oh sure. Yeah, and that means like, hey, we're. You're about pretending to, start. to tune an instrument. Yes. God, is there anything worse? But they're all doing it at the same time, so it's not instrument? like they're actually tuning. They're just like, they're like, hey, it's it's orchestra time. Do you know some things just aren't for you? Going to see an orchestra. Not for me. You've never done also like on that the list, uh, opera. The, like, L.A. Philharmonic? Never in my life. Oh, it's great. Never in my life. No, it's not for me. And that's okay. I think I, I it's great. I think, I think it would be for you if you went. No. No. It I'll take you sometime. Here's what I will I'll say. I'll take you to L.A. Phil. At Walt Disney? What? At Walt Disney Concert Hall? Uh, I've only... Or at the Bowl. S- I've seen it at the Bowl. Yeah. I, uh, here's what I will say. I've usually done it when it's like movie scores that they're doing. Like that's fun. It's I like did see, John oh, Williams you know conducting we actually the, should the go music of together? his movies. Nicholas Bertel is doing a concert at Walt Disney. Oh, really? And I want to go, but it's at like two o'clock in the afternoon. But I'll go. Imagine hitting skip intro on Succession. Oh, that's if good. you if you, you hit should, uh, skip intro on Succession, you, you can should, get out of here. You should tweet that. Oh my God, people are so annoying. But Nicholas Bertel, wow. To walk amongst a genius like that. Can you tell your neighbors to pipe down? What's going on out there? Big Nicholas Patel fans. Apparently. Um, all right, uh, so, what um, was I saying? I, I, no, I, I was like, was not done. No, oh, I think I was done. If I listen to an oh, orchestra. No, we, we were past there's that. Nothing, I'm, so we're primarily focusing on, on two movies on this take. week. <laughs> I'm not like impressed. Like, if I go to a concert, I'm getting a show. And some of it is also like, oh, let me see how they sound this live. Is the, this is such in an orchestra, ignorant opinion. In orchestra, it's like, oh, wow, the violin sounds about the same. Glad I paid $50 for parking. No, it's literally the exact same dynamic as any other concert where it's like a different experience live. Okay. Well, you'll have to take me. <clears throat> oh, I already said you decline, so I will not. Okay. Um, so t- two movies we're going to focus primarily on this week are Belfast. <laughs> yeah. And Spencer. I believe it's called. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you did see it. Belfast. We're going to have to talk about both of these titles, I think. Oh, look at it. I have thoughts. Interesting. Well, you've you've made your Spencer. Belfast and Spencer. Um, You've made your Spencer title thoughts known on this podcast. On the pod, did I? Many times. Well, I'm going to. His Spencer. I'm going to do it again. Maybe after you saw the movie, you understand the title. A little bit more. Eh, we'll get into it. Before we get there, however, it's time for the weekly box office oh challenge my God, I recap. Forgot. I almost forgot, and I host this podcast. Do you consider yourself the host? 
Um, Am I the guest? You're not the guest. Recurring guest, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's a co-hosted podcast, right? I I sure hope so. I mean, I intro it, but... Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. I guess that's what I'm wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Can Can you hurry up? I have to go listen to Adele. Dazeem? I think I, you know what? I, I, <laughs> I think we've said this on here. <laughs> oh no, he's losing it. We should also mention this is another late night popcorn boys. It's almost 10 o'clock. Look, losing I'm, it. Losing it. I'm running it. high. The Patriots just shut out the Falcons. Just, woo. No, but we've, I've, I've said it before on the show, I'm sure, but I am not quite sure. We have culturally wrecked. I'm crying. We have culturally recognized Mac Jones's dominance. Would you shut up? <laughs> we have not culturally recognized exactly how funny John Travolta getting up on that stage and saying Adele Dizzy. I that is let me be honest. It, it is the funniest thing that is ever happened it's, it's so good it's so and it's so good that every time oh, i I'm think about it crying. i'll like laugh at it and it takes me i'm crying it takes me multiple beats to he was so far off that it takes me multiple beats oh. to remember oh, who sure. he was actually trying to say in the first <laughs> place know. every time because i'm like wait what, who was he even and he oh, said right. it he Adina said Menzel. it with such confidence what did she win she was performing uh let it go oh right right was, was that at the oscars or Globes or something? No, the Oscars. Which makes it so fun. Uh, like. <laughs> oh, boy. Popcorn Adele, boys after dark. Adele does it. He does this little, like, bow Wait, almost. Is this the right time? It's this late? Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. Oh, Jesus. I know. All right, we got to get this moving. Oh. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know if we have time for the box office recap this week. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, it's tough after two weeks especially. But why don't you just give us the totals for how much I'm beating you by? All right. I am beginning to believe that I might possibly <laughs> be in a smidge amount of trouble in the box office challenge. Um, Daniel is in first place with $1.54 billion. Wow. Uh, Kyle is in second place. With nine hundred fourteen million, so we're looking at a six hundred thirty million dollar difference. Yeah. Um, of course, the caveat here is that you still have Spider Man, which is going to be the biggest move of the year by a mile. Uh, is it going to be enough to make up that difference? Uh, no. Well, not by itself. I also have uh, the Matrix Resurrections. Sure. And Sing Two: Colon Cruise Control. <laughs> uh, still to come. But then I, I also have, have Ghostbusters Afterlife, which comes out this weekend. So everybody, take your uh, you know friends, family, whoever else, enemies, go see some ghosts getting busted, <laughs> starring uh, the sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. And no, we don't have time for that. Um, well, let's, he, this is the nice transition. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Eternals. Box that's where, that's where I was saying. So yeah. <clears throat> I am the host. Actually, I'm the host now. Yeah. So Eternals came out. Um, Two weeks ago now, yeah, uh, it is. It has made it open to what seventy 
million dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, about that. And currently sits at one hundred twenty-three million dollars. Had a pretty pretty steep second week drop, unfortunately. It is sitting at seventh uh, for the year. Currently, you know. I'm not sure enough uh, has been made of the fact that Shang-Chi is the number one movie at the box office for the entire year. Love it. Who oh, who could have seen that coming? And oh, like, I don't know. Me. Oh, I drafted it. Well, <laughs> I mean, you drafted it seventh overall, so if you really thought it was going to be number one for the year, you probably should have drafted it a, a little I was playing a game. I was playing a game. I was like, how far is he going to let this drop? You're like, yeah, let me let me take the Suicide Squad before it. Okay, moving that on. That a lot of sense. Moving on. Um, but, and really, the there's only... I mean, I guess you know, in a but how really old, Venom, worst case Venom scenario, it's gonna close? come in. Worst case scenario is gonna end second for the year. No, wait, wait how, where's Venom? Venom is at two hundred three million, and Shang Chi's at what two twenty four. So Venom, yeah, so Venom's probably not catching it. I guess no chance, no chance. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose there's a chance if it has, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, it would be. Kind of insane if wow, if what Matrix a Cinderella or, story! Or Sing Two passes it, so really Spider Man is the only one uh, with a realistic chance to to well, flip it. Well, and I think one. that's what makes watching this stuff so interesting. Is like out of nowhere, the Cinderella movie yeah, from a, from from Marvel independent <laughs> studio called Marvel Studios. It's really beautiful when something from Marvel. <laughs> Could come out of nowhere and be the second highest grossing movie of the year. God, that's that's beautiful. But it's also beautiful. interesting that like the number one movie of the year. Is there like? There was definitely a bit of a moment when it came out, but like Shang Chi. If you went around to people on the street and said, "Hey, what do you think the people number the one movie at the box office has been this year?" You know what? Why don't we go do that? that let's, be, actually, let's, <laughs> let's take the mics out on the prowl. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. What would people Maybe say? We'll do it hey, our... excuse me, sir. What do you think the number one? We'd be get arrested. What do you think the number one grossing movie at the box office is this year? Like, Fuck you. Maybe we'll do it during our Thanksgiving live episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Popcorn boards are going live next week at my parents' house. It's going to be huge. Possibly. TBD. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He uh, won't commit to coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> He'll text me at 9 a.m. Ah, I think I'm going to come down. Uh, um, other people, big news I about think the... Pe- I think the layman would assume it's like, you know, uh, what, F9, though? No Time to Die. I get... Like, I don't know. I mean, if you were to give them a list, most people would be like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I haven't been in a movie in eight years. <laughs> I know. But I, I, I just... I don't think you're going to – even if you gave him a list of, like, ten movies, I don't think – Agree. I don't think Shang-Chi is going to be in the top three finalists of – Agree. Of, I agree. Of the, I agree with you. Free Guy? I mean, hey, maybe. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway? Space Jam, A New Legacy? Oh, boy. A lot of, a lot of colons. I don't love living in this colon culture. <laughs> colon I wish, I wish, I wish, you know, movie colon culture would go the way of Colin Powell. Oh wow! Dead and happy about it. Well, I mean, what? What do you think the last movie Colin Powell got his eyes on was? Oh, that's a good question. Cry Macho. <laughs> you think he saw Cry Macho before he passed? What came out first? 
Cry Macho or Colin Powell's obituary? <laughs> uh, all right. So big, um, really, really upsetting news here for me as I looked at uh, the 2021 box office challenge spreadsheet because there's a nice big glaring strike through line through the the a very specific date here you know what that date is no that date is november 19th oh are we are we are literally as you're hearing this or by the time you hear this Top Gun Maverick was supposed to be out. Doesn't it feel weird that that would have come out right now? It was supposed to be out right now. Like, it's the holidays. But it like, feels weird. That feels like, I don't know. Why isn't it out? <laughs> uh, well, that's a great point. Completely ruined the box office challenge. No. Okay. You knew the rules. If you drafted I'm not something. i saying I don't know the rules. Well, it didn't ruin the challenge. It made the challenge. Yeah, I didn't draft it because I thought it might get pushed. That's... <laughs> So why did you draft Hotel Transylvania, Transformania? Because I wanted to be nice. <laughs> so yeah, we, we were. This was, this was supposed to be Top Gun week. Wow, and thank God it's not. To never have laid eyes on the the original Top Gun, beautiful. To not have to watch this mess with the star of all two. No, I'm sorry, not all two. Well, jeez. You wouldn't have got around. I bet you think about me, music video, Miles Teller. Oh yeah. We haven't even talked about Red. About what? Red. Parenthesis, Taylor's version, and parenthesis. Oh. Well. It's people... been a hard week. I can't even. I actually can't continue. <clears throat> so, uh, as a podcast who has supported and defended Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, at this moment in time, we would like to express our concern and our... Um, I'm actually, yeah. Now, are you talking for him or her? I'm, I am concerned for Jake's well-being. Yeah, I am as well. I don't bit. care about anything else. And, I, and least of all. Justice fact, for Jake! Least of all, the fact that in a couple of months, we have to watch a feature film called Ambulance. Oh, Ambulance is number one 2022 most anticipated. Ooh, do you know what would be really good, like, marketing for the feature film Ambulance? Is if Jake himself has to take an ambulance because he. That's good. If well, I'm on, say try to harm him. If I'm Michael so Bay that, right now, <laughs> and I am trying to get the word out about ambulance, the all too well short film was too much for Jake. He had to be taken by. I'm ambulance. making a video of Jake in an ambulance, listening to all too well <laughs> as it. He's wearing. Do you think he still has the scarf? He's wearing only the scarf. Do you think he still has the scarf in the back of the ambulance while they're they're doing? Well, do you know what this entire chest po- compressions or something? Do you know what this entire podcast should be about? In all too well, ten minute version, Taylor's version, pawn session, the short film, whatever, or just it is. the song. The song when she talks about an actress in the bathroom talking to her. Who is the actress? Who is the actress? That should have been this whole episode. Well, there's been plenty that of rumors. Have, I'm aware. Should that have been this whole episode? Some are asking. People are asking that. Well, maybe it's some of our uh, best actress contenders. Uh, it, you know what? You're probably right. It was Penelope Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the uh, the name. What, so what names I saw? Certainly, I saw Jennifer Aniston's name. I've seen Jennifer around. Aniston, Anne Hathaway. Yes. I've seen the Anne Hathaway one didn't make sense when I read about the rumor. Well, I've seen there could be there could be a traitor. Maggie Gyllenhaal. There could be a traitor in the midst. 
Do you think Maggie Gyllenhaal would turn on Jake to support Taylor? In a heartbeat. That's a gal's gal. Maggie good. Gyllenhaal's a gal's gal. That'd be good. Uh, it, it's very weird. I mean, we're both... We're Obviously, we're both Team Jake, but we're also both Team Taylor. Well, that's the thing, and that's really why just, this has been so hard. I will say... It's been a tough week. I will say, it has been... Taylor and I have had a rocky relationship, and I've been very public about that. And you can check, you can check by, uh, uh, you know, you can check my statements to the press about that. I'm hot and cold with her. I've been hot for her. Katy Perry style? <laughs> well, <laughs> bad blood style. For, um, the, I have been team Taylor for the past number of years mostly just because i've loved folklore and evermore so much i i've railed against taylor a little bit for some of her antics because they felt very performative and it hasn't necessarily been my favorite thing see the uh, the red i'm you're actually either, still you're talking in or you're out. oh my nose is running you're, you're either in or you're out you, you gotta, no actually you i'm take, a complex person with complex thoughts you gotta take the maybe kleenex the music how with, am i still with, sick you take the music with the antics. It's, it's all one package. Well, I think maybe that's what I like so much about Folklore and Evermore is they felt albums that were relatively antic-free. Why are we – what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're going to keep this concise. Here we are. Okay, so Folklore. We're still in the box office shot. How did no. we get there? Oh, yes. Because well, Top Gun Maverick was supposed to come out. Jake, Miles Teller. Miles Teller oh, yeah. was in it. Blah, 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 blah. That's how we unraveled the No, string. listen. It's been, it's been a complicated week for Jake and Taylor fans. I love them both. I think that they're both doing fine. I think Taylor's insistence on sort of like – Here's a, here's how we wrap it. Sk- here's where here's I how we put, No, she's hold on. I'm putting the bow scarf, on this. She's selling scarf merchandise. Yeah, of course. She's brilliant. It's uh, a, that's It's like, okay. But okay, it, go back to the woods. Jake has to come out wearing the scarf sometime in the next <gasps> week. God, it's that's the only the best way. It's ever. the only way to end this. He that's just a, comes out wearing the scarf. That's that is a brilliant idea. Just like so clearly, the premiere of ambulance. You want to people stayed. talk about ambulance? <laughs> Wear the scarf. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Wow. Uh, all right. So love you, Jake. Here's uh, one other interesting fact about the 2021 box office. Uh, we've yet to have a $100 million opening weekend. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man will get there almost assuredly. Yeah. So, we're. I mean, we're. I mean, Venom opened to $90 million. That's the biggest week, that opening weekend of the year. blows my mind. But And, uh, you know, we're quite confident that Spider-Man is going to open to one. So, we're going to have one movie the entire year that opens to $100 million. Did you know I went and saw Venom opening weekend? How much? Venom made what? $90 million and what? Because I went and saw Venom. I bought two tickets. My two tickets in total were $46. Well, I was going to say, unless they cost uh, $33,210. Oh, pretty you close. Did, you did not single-handedly cross you know, it's the $90 like, million threshold. It's almost them. like sometimes we wonder like why people are reluctant to get to the theater. It's like, is it COVID? Is it you know streaming accessibility? Is it the fact that tickets are $23 in downtown <laughs> Los Angeles? You know what? It might be the latter. Uh. The hold on, I'm looking what? up. <laughs> I'm looking up how many movies um, last year. Load. There we go. Uh, so last year, the how many movies? Load you at your computer. 
Also, I God, I wish desperately for people to be able to see your computer setup. This is why we need Instagram. Uh, last year, guess how many movies opened to 100 million? Uh, wait, like last year? <laughs> yes. In 2020? Correct. Five. No, idiot. It's zero. <laughs> Bad Boys for Life was the biggest opening of the year. Okay, with so no, do sixty-two million. Do twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. What's your guess? <laughs> five. Um, the answer is five. Oh, wait, one, oh. two, three, four, five, six. Oh Sorry, six. wow. Okay. Uh, wow. I can't believe I said five for twenty. I thought you were trying to fool me. You're well, like, you, you, look at this. <laughs> even in even in even in the thick of the. Well, pandemic. you even thought about it for a second. You were like, last year. Well, yeah. Uh, and, this, this. and you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, Spider Man Far. The last Spider Man movie only opened to ninety two million. By the way. Yeah, but this one has all the buzz about who's back and this and that. Hey, and this wait, and what, that what was with that last trailer? By the way. I'm gonna be very. I'm gonna be very honest with you. Have not seen it so in the last trailer we got an extended scene with doc ock yeah dr octopus for the layperson, and we got a little bit of green goblin in there too mm-hmm. but they they didn't show the other any of the other spider-men who everyone and their mother knows are going to be in the movie not according to tommy holland well not according to tommy holland everyone in the world knows that we're getting toby mcguire and andrew garfield tom holland and zendaya Real relationship or fake? I think it's real. I actually do too. Yeah, I think, I think most legit. people think it's all like a, a fraud. It's legit. I think so too. Oh, any thoughts on Sean and Camilla? Oh, it was a tough day. They, they were never a great couple anyway. <laughs> You're telling me. I am. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that's it for the box office recap. It was... Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. I tried to do that. I'm getting sicker the more I sit here again. Oh, good. It's nice and concise. Yeah, you might come closer. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, shift, scooch my way over. Uh, all right, so we have – I still haven't explained why I was playing that song, but we'll get there eventually in this episode. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, you actually saw Eternals. God, I sure did. It feels Which, like so long ago. God, how embarrassing. But uh, No, I mean I go see all this stuff. I go see all these Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. That that was my point. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Bro. Embarrassing. Uh, whatever. Uh, I yeah. So I don't. I mean, briefly. I mean, we're weeks out here from Eternals now, but it, it um, is it as bad as the kind of reviews slash dialogue about it are? Because the, the 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 dialogue surrounding it is, like, you know, it, it's it's weird. Is it better or worse than Nomadland? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about Nomadland the other day, and just like I, it's almost like I want to get eyes on Nomadland again because I really like Nomadland, and I, in my head, for some reason, I was like, I wonder if I saw that now if I would like it as much, and I don't know what would have changed, mm-hmm. but there's just something in my brain that feels like if I watch that again, I might not like you it as like, much. Eh, this, and I, this is kind of pretentious, huh? Well, the I don't know the Amazon of it all that became so annoying. Whatever, we're not talking about Nomadland. But Chloe Zhao, who of course directed Nomadland and Eternals, uh, to answer your question, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's particularly good. I, it's too long. It's so long. I know I say that all the time. It's just, it's, it's particularly lifeless. There's just not that much going on. Uh, it doesn't even look that great. 
The highlights for me are Kamel Nanjiani. I thought Kamel was great. Oh, and yeah? then, yeah. Oh, he's very funny. Like, he brings a lot of life to it. He's great. The fact that it doesn't look great is kind of wild. Well, I know. It, it just, it doesn't, it, I don't know. It, it, it never really enraptured me. The script is pretty clunky, and they always kind of are for this sort of thing. Like, even like Angelina, I was excited to see her in this movie. I mean, she's just, she's dead the entire time. Like, in her... Spoiler alert. <laughs> This is a sixth sense situation. Oh God, I wish. Like her, her character. There's sort of a rationale for her character being uh, a little dead in the eyes, but it, it. She just. She didn't. I don't know. Angelina Jolie in a Marvel movie. I got excited about that. Right from director Chloe Zhao. I'm like, holy shit, this should be really fun. He's just not. The the highlight for me though, and I I think we can talk freely about this as we're I don't know a couple weeks out and it's been out there. But Taylor Swift's ex. Yeah, that's exactly right. I know it's coming, right? Like, I know... Listen, if you don't want eternal spoilers, you know, fuck you, but fast forward two minutes. Uh, <laughs> Unnecessarily aggressive, but okay. Well, whatever. Um, we know or I, we know it's coming. Harry Styles is in the post credit scene. Oh, it's the po- I, I didn't know it wasn't oh, in the yeah. actual movie. It is... It is electric. He is, I've said it before, and I, this is turning into the Taylor Swift, let me defend her ex's episode, I suppose. But Harry Styles is the best we have. Harry Styles is the best we have. Well, so is Jake Gyllenhaal, and therefore Taylor Swift. I mean, just kudos to her. And now she's with Joe Alwyn. Uh, yeah. What's, I mean. What's that? I think that's probably. That was my Jiminy Glick. You see that? <laughs> What's that? I think that's probably. Uh, it lear- makes. I think it's learning on her part. Yep, I agree. It makes sense. It makes yep. sense. It makes yep. sense. Uh, Harry Styles is in the MCU now. He's great. I mean, he's in it for a minute, but God, he. The, I don't even know what it is about. He just. He's so charismatic. He walks on screen and it literally like, it's alive. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just dripping with charisma. It's unreal. He's fantastic. So Eternals, eh? I, I, I was, I was disappointed with it. I, I didn't. I, I really wanted to like it because I like a lot of the people involved. I was rooting for Chloe, and I like Angelina, and uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just not particularly great. Do you think Brad Pitt saw Eternals in, no. in theaters? No, not at all. How dare, how dare you bring him up? What do you mean? This is an anti-Brad Pitt podcast. I've no, said that before. no, 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 no. Yes, no, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it's an anti-Brad Pitt podcast. Uh, team Brad over Team Angelina, The other. So, obviously. before we get into uh, the reason for the season, uh, the other movie that you have not seen that I watched in, in the hiatus, uh, well, there, there were two, actually. One, briefly, I saw A Hero, which is the new Oscar for Hottie movie, who directed A Separation uh, and a bunch of other things. That's going to be on Amazon, I think, come January. I saw it at the exclusive run at the landmark it's the only place it's playing okay. not to brag not to brag yeah i did see the exclusive theatrical run landmark by the way uh just a heads up for our listeners requiring proof of vaccination now. yes let's go landmark can i clap into the microphone you probably yeah, please don't but oh you heard it look i'm looking at the levels it's great uh so a hero a hero uh Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up. Uh, it it's good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's gonna be on Amazon. I think in January it's doing this little theatrical thing. Like I said, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, not I. 
do we expect this to be a finalist yes. for or I, would I, guess, I suppose so. a nominee yeah. I guess is what the word I'm for looking for international film this, yes is that I, what it's called now international film I think so foreign I, I think foreign so, sounded so no, bad if it's no longer foreign language film it's in best international feature international feature I think uh, I would assume so yeah it's very good I would actually like to see it again now it, will Belfast be eligible for <laughs> well we'll feature? get into it but I didn't understand about thirty percent of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, a hero is uh, it's good. It, it, I it, it's probably sort of an eight out of ten for me. Okay. Uh, enjoyed though. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I would like to just about, talk about passing briefly, which is a movie that's on Netflix now. We've talked about it on the podcast uh, in previous episodes, just about awards, chances, and most anticipated movies or whatever. Right. Um, this is from. Uh, writer and director Rebecca Hall, star, uh, starring Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. I Rebecca Hall of the town fame. <laughs> yeah, you may know her. T- yeah, written and directed by the town's Rebecca Hall. That's right. Uh, a movie that is on Netflix right now, and I would urge everybody to check it out because I absolutely loved it. Really? I thought I think you told it, me this. I I know. You're saving it for the pod? Kind of, yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. Rebecca I, Hall, also in Godzilla vs. Kong, by the okay, way. So huge year. Huge year for Rebecca Hall. Godzilla vs. Kong and Passing. Uh, a movie that I really I really liked it. And we will get into this a little in a little bit, but Ruth Nega in this movie gives a performance that I really hope is remembered. Well, I'll have to watch it before yeah. next week's episode then. Please uh, do. I, I upon thought that I, recommendation. I thought it was fantastic. All right. Well, let's dive right into uh, the two main courses of the episode. Those being... Bangers and mash. <laughs> the aforementioned Belfast and Spencer. We're going to start with Belfast. Uh, why? Because I saw that one first. This is what I'm excited about. We have both seen these, and we've we've texted, of course, briefly, but we haven't really gotten into how either of us feel about these movies. I have no idea where you're going with um, either of these. Interesting. I think we should say, to, to start with Belfast here, this is... Going into this movie, we, it was already assumed that this was kind of far and away... The best picture front runner. Yes. And well, would you I knew that going in and go I texted you from my seat in the theater. <laughs> upon, best picture is wrapped up. Well, uh, whether it was the what, what what kind of favorite did you call it? I don't know, far and away, the best picture favorite. Going into it. I think it was maybe not quite at that point until it came out, but I think now that it's out and everyone has seen it, and by everyone I mean uh, losers like us, yeah. It, has it? I, has no, it, it actually did very well. Has it made any money whatsoever? I mean, it made like at the you know at the specialty box office, of right. course. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I think unquestionably it is certainly the heavy favorite to the point where uh, I wrote down in my notes here at the top of this segment. Uh, Belfast versus the field. Oh, there's nothing close. Now, certainly... We, well, you, that's not true. Certainly, there's no movie that you would individually say that you would take over 
Belfast has chances to win Best Picture. But would you take Belfast to win or would you take everything else? Basically, do you think there's a better than 50% chance that it would That's not – for me, it's not even close that you take Belfast. Interesting. The only thing in the time since we recorded last is that Licorice Pizza Well, um, that's, that's what I'm kind of still holding out. hope for. The Paul Thomas Anderson movie reviews are very, very good. But I just – that – I think we're in – this is important to recognize too. I think we're in an Oscar culture now that really, really appreciates a crowd pleaser. Um, and sort of a, I mean, a, a well, come on. It was, uh, were the crowds hooting and hollering over Nomadland? Okay, listen, last year doesn't count. <laughs> they would have been. There weren't any crowds. They were hooting and hollering at home. <laughs> Yeah, when they're fun at their Hulu accounts, people are saying, hoo hoo, ha ha! <laughs> uh, just, just for the kind of... Um... I'm getting sicker as I sit here. What? Why? Well, I, 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 think, I think I'm connecting the dots. You got me sick, but... Yeah, I didn't, but... Oh, okay, well... Um, just for, just for, so uh, our listeners are aware here, obviously Belfast, we're talking about some of the other potential Best Picture contenders... Power of the Dog, which comes out in very limited release this weekend, right now, today, maybe, or today yesterday. yesterday. It's in theaters. It'll be on Netflix in a couple weeks. Uh, Licorice Pizza, the the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. King Richard, which comes out this weekend. Yep. The, uh, that's the Will Smith movie where he plays the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Um, Spencer, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Nightmare Alley. Those, these are kind of the short list of potential Oscar contenders here. Yeah. Um, so let's. So yeah, Belfast versus the field. I'm not 100 percent sure I'd go Belfast in that, just yet, without seeing with a few of these still to come. Oh, I don't mean, but it's it's certainly the favorite. We're in an interesting place too. Where it's I just think a question whether it's an odds-on favorite or just a favorite. Number two might be King Richard. Yeah. Which? What's happening? I don't know. This is a weird year. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm the first one to say that. 2021, <laughs> it's been a weird year, guys. <laughs> okay, so let's – should we set up for, – for people who don't know, should we set up what Belfast is Yes, we should. First? By the way, we're not going to spoil anything. Yo, um, right, exactly. So feel free to listen to this conversation now and then, and, uh, you know, without concern of – same thing with Spencer. We're not going to spoil that yeah, either. Yeah, no spoilers. Just a discussion. We, we can discuss both these movies – uh, in in detail, but without giving away uh, uh, plot sure. information. So, sure. if you're if you're worried about that sort of thing, you're, you're fine. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, listen and then see it and then come back and listen again. Right. It'll even yeah. You can probably skip past the whole Taylor Jake stuff at the beginning. <laughs> That's you... the meat of the episode. <laughs> on 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 your second listen, of course, you know you could you could maybe jump right to the oh sure. 30-something minute we're mark. For, we're at 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Belfast. Uh, this movie is written, written I think, and directed by Kenneth Branagh, uh, the famed actor-slash-director. Uh, it is a semi-autobiographical telling of his growing up in Northern Ireland. Belfast, to be exact. Oh, yeah. Hence the title. You ever been to Ireland? I have not. Should we go? Well, well we, 
it's kind of too late. We should have done it for this episode, I think. Oh, my God. We should have. Let's go and it wins Best Picture and okay. get the reaction from people at the pub. And we'll ask them. Uh, if that, if Ireland, if people didn't go around, I'd be no uh, pubs. This is the worst accent I've ever heard. Uh, well, yeah, we'll go around Northern Ireland asking people what they think is number one at the domestic <laughs> U.S. domestic box office this year. And have they heard of shang hey, uh, Wait, hold on. I need a clue into my Irish accent. Hold on. This isn't going to go well. Wait, who, do I, who am I? Okay. I. Nope. <laughs> what does an Irish person sound like again? I don't know. Can you play the trailer? For I can't Belfast? do it. Hold on. I'm not, not anywhere close. But this is also a, a Northern Ireland accent, which is different from the regular. Belfast. You ain't be coming around here with my parts in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Catholic a Protestant. Movie centers, Catholic a Protestant. Catholic a Protestant. Catholic a Protestant. The movie centers around young Buddy, who we are led to understand, not in the movie, but in the, in the press around the movie, that this is basically... Kenneth Branagh as a child. It took me about halfway into the movie to understand that his name was Buddy. What? What? I kept forgetting. I thought they were saying boy. Really. <laughs> uh, Buddy is played by newcomer Jude Hill. <laughs> newcomer. <laughs> well, he's five. <laughs> uh, and the gist of... <laughs> he's like ten. The gist of this uh, movie is... He's trying to improve his test score, yeah. Yes. It's 1969. We're in Belfast, and it's the beginning of what I believe is called, uh, what is referred to as, quote, The Troubles, uh, which is a kind of uh, disruption slash civil war. Is that too strong of a way to say that? Yes, I mean, I knew you were troubles when you walked in. uh, That took place in Northern Ireland between Catholics and Protestants. Mm hmm. Um, for love of for re- like decades, yeah. Love of battle for religious supremacy. He's looking at a map of <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so this is the, the the movie focuses on young Buddy and his immediate family and how they Where? are how they are dealing with. Yeah, I mean, we're growing up at this time and and being in the midst of this kind of political unrest yeah for sure it yeah we're making it sound very heavy and some of it is but it, it ultimately is is it's kind a family of, story well so this so here's the thing i guess we'll just get into into our thoughts do i think that belfast is a great movie uh i do not does Belfast hit on some of the themes that I am a huge sucker for? Mm. We're talking family. We're talking hometowns. We're talking what it means to leave those places. Yes. We're talking about what it means to still have people there. 100%. Does it hit on all of those things? Yes. Did I cry four times? <laughs> <laughs> I may have. This is a, a, a crowd pleasing tearjerker it re- oh we haven't even talked about my theater experience people were sobbing in my screening sobbing yeah oh like the i mean like sniffle like, like you see next to me I mean, that's my that's what the theater sounded like 
I saw Kleenex being handed to people. Oh, oh, I mean, that was me. Yeah, all I cried. Can I tell you what I cried? I had, I had an actual, I had a like, I like, it, I had a choke up <laughs> moment. Yeah. By one line of dialogue. A line of dialogue. Yep. I, you probably won't guess what it is. No. It is when okay, so. Katrina Balfe and Jamie – jeez, I'm so sorry. I'm, like, getting sick again. What the hell is happening? Uh, Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan play this – and we can talk about Jamie Dornan in a second. The mother and father of the – Mother and father of, buddy's parents. of little Kenneth Branagh, Judy Dench and Syrian Hines. Hines play the grandparents. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's sort of troubled – Fractured marriage. Troubled, exactly. Troubled, yeah. The troubles. The, troubled and the troubles. Uh, and there's one scene where Jamie Dornan says to Katrina Balfe's character, I, I, I won't get the line exactly right, but he it's, essentially he's not there a lot because he's gone for work. He goes to England for work. Right. And they have this scene where he says to her, what you've done with these boys is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was like that. I didn't raise them. You raised them. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> See, the thing, um, the thing that gets that got me in this movie is the grandparents. Like, yeah, it's this is just playing with your heartstrings with like emotions of old people. Yeah, like. When you have when you have sad grandparents in a movie, it's I can't handle it. I can't handle it either. Can't handle it. Uh, it's like an emotionally vindictive movie. Like it knows what it's doing. Yeah, and, and that's not that's not a criticism. That's just like a no. But it's it, it, it is like what I said. I don't. If I'm to take a step back and say, do I think that this is like a masterpiece of a movie? Right. I'm on the no. Same, I think we're on the same. Yeah, picture. and I don't. I don't really think it's even that close, to be honest with you. And but this is another conversation too. And I hate that I f- we have to have these conversations, but it's just like what we, it's what we care about and stuff. It's like going into watching a movie like this. You're like, well, here comes the best picture front runner. Let me see what you got. Right. It's like if someone were to be like, oh, this is a cute little Irish movie about family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, that was great. And here I am, like, this is gonna win best picture. Well, Jane Campion made a movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, I haven't even seen it, but um, anyway, it, it, it's interesting. I so it's it exists in two worlds, really. It's like as a as a piece of cinema, there are some pieces to it. Why it's in black and white, I know I don't know. It's in black and white. We haven't said that. I yes. don't know why it doesn't even look that good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it's in black and white. I don't know why every movie's in black and white these days. It's in 1969. Oh, another... Well, also, a thing we also haven't talked about. It's about movies as well. It's about a little kid who loves movies. Right, It's like, right. you want to take this little kid who loves movies and his grandparents and his hometown? I'm not going to not love it. Exactly. But I didn't. <laughs> no, but you're... Yeah. I, we're, I feel like we're on the same page. It, it, a little bit... The way, the way you said expectation-wise... Um, it almost reminds me of a movie that had no expectations. Uh, the Farewell from a few years ago with Aquafina, sure. and she like that was to me a, a pretty similar like uh-huh. funny, yeah, sure, heartwarming, sad movie. Um, 
that had no expectations whatsoever, and you kind of leave it being like, oh, well, that, that was great. Yeah. And, and this one, there is a little bit of that because the expectations are so high going into it. it's unfair, right? It's like no one, you know, they didn't make this movie saying, like, give us best picture. It, right, it's, of it's, course. So, I don't know. I hate that sometimes but I overall, go into Overall, I, I really like the movie. Like, I feel like, you know, it's it was – I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I don't yeah. think, I don't think it's a masterpiece by any means, but like, you know, it's, it's, I think we're on the same level. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good movie. It's, it's, it hits you where you want it to hit you. Yeah. It's effective in basically everything it does. I don't really understand the black and white either, but the performances are all great. Yeah. Uh, they, they somehow found this little kid who, who's like. Okay. Let's talk about this little kid. Yeah. Who I think. If that kid sucks, the movie doesn't work. The movie if he's doesn't not work. Great. <laughs> so we're gonna get into this here now as well, talking about this this film's awards chances. Everyone's talking about, oh man, like this might get uh, four uh, Oscar nominations for acting, and nobody's talking about the kid who is like. Dare I say, a revelation? He's fantastic. He's really good. He's just funny, and he's cute, and he's smart, and he just gets it. He He's a 10 out of 10 in this movie. And he really is. If he, like, with a kid like this, if he's, like, a 7 out of 10, the movie has no chance of winning Best Picture. No. And, <laughs> and what's interesting, too, is, like, he's kind of annoying a right. little bit. Yeah. Like, his character is, is kind of an annoying kid. He's like a little bit of a, not a brat, but, like... You know, he's obsessed with this girl and whatever, but he's just... He's endearing. He just sells it. Yeah, he's, he's super endearing. Like he, like, he feels like a real kid. Yeah. And he's just totally, completely and It's just weird works. to watch a kid like that who can access those emotions so willingly. Yeah. Like, and give a performance like that. And it helps that everyone around him is... is Pulling their weight, obviously. I mean, yeah. they're, you know, his emotional scenes are usually with his parents, and like both his mother and father give give really good performances. Uh, Katrina Balfe and and Jamie Dornan are, you know, both going to be kind of on the short list of Oscar contenders for their roles as well. Yeah, so we can get into supporting actress here, which I think we want to talk about supporting actress and and leading actress this week, and then sort of the state of the race for those two. And then next week do actor and supporting actor because there's some, uh, some more actor heavy things coming out this weekend. But I, I would be, listen, I don't want to reduce. The movie okay. To, just I don't want to re- do, do your thing. I don't want to reduce the movie to this. Just but put on 50 shades of gray. Never seen the film, <laughs> but my God, just to sit down and eat some popcorn while watching Jamie Dornan on a big screen like that, wow, wow, wee, wow. <laughs> and then he sings too. Yes, he the... sings too. Cruise Control. <laughs> sings too. Cruise Control. Um, I guess he is just a hunk. Maybe was it was it um offensive that I started the podcast with the song I did instead of this. Everlasting love. 
And do you know what? That scene, I was like, this fucking thing is winning Best Picture. That, not because it's a great scene, but just like that, it just, it all just works. It just, the movie it crescendos just in a way that works. It, yes. Yeah, it just works. Like, the best the best thing about this movie is, and I mentioned it with, with Buddy, but like, they feel like a real family. Uh-huh. And I think, uh, when we're talking about supporting actress, I think that... Katrina is the one that ties that together. Her performance as the mother, like, I, I think she's outstanding. Okay. And I, I was not familiar with with her. Ooh, not a big Outlander. Not a big Outlander fan. I've, huh? I've never watched Outlander before, but uh, me either. She like so I, I you know I I knew I did I knew she wasn't a you know a, a newcomer. Sure. But I didn't know what she was from or anything, so I had no history with her whatsoever. And I was just like, "Wow, she's she's so, like jumping off the screen." All right, so let's get into it. So let's talk yeah, about what are the, who are the contenders. Let's talk about where the supporting actress Oscar race stands now. So we're going to use uh, our good friends at Awards Watch uh, twice a month now as we get into the season. Put out a poll for uh, the races. Yes. The acting races, picture, screenplay, director, whatever. So we're going to focus on supporting actors here first. Um, these are where the odds stand now. Number one, currently, the aforementioned Katrina Bell for Belfast. So she is... Leading the poll. Considered the favorite. Considered the favorite to win Best Supporting Actor. Well, of, as of these... To get nominated, let's just say. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, she's at number one. Number two, uh, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. Okay. Uh, number three, Ajene Ellis, King Richard. She plays uh, Venus and Trina's mother in that movie. Okay. Number four would be Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley. Interesting. That's a supporting now, we think, not a lead. I think, yeah, I think that's essentially been confirmed. Gotcha. And then number five, my aforementioned, Ruth Nega for Passing. So those would be the five nominees. We can get into the runners-up right now in the pool. Would be number six would be Meryl Streep for Don't Look Up. As we're recording this, I'm like, Don't Look Up. Uh, reactions are coming in. She doesn't seem to be sort of at the forefront of the reactions, but it's Meryl, and it's an Adam McKay right. movie, so you have to consider her. And then number seven uh, would be Judy Dench. From Belfast. For Belfast. Where she plays the grandmother and is kind of a one of the emotional... Um, emotional uh, cores of the movie. I think that Judy Dench is great in this movie. I do too. I I do wonder if they can nab two supporting actress nominations here for a movie that I think is really going to take over the season. So you think they have a good shot to get to? I don't want to say good, but I certainly think it's possible. And it's... Yeah, it's almost like if you if you were to tell me that Judy was number one and Katrina was seventh, it's almost like I, not that I can interchange those performances, but it's almost like, I don't know, Judy Dench is such a respected actress in this movie that everybody seems to love. I think they can pull off two here. I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. I mean, it depends on the kind of quality of the rest of the field and I remain and we'll see as the rest of these come out. I remain skeptical, unfortunately, about the chances of the power of the dog. A movie that I'm very excited about. We'll see. I just I wonder in a year where crowd pleasing seems to sort of be the thing, when we're talking about Buff Ass and we're talking about King Richard, 
and we're talking about even something like licorice pizza, which I think people are going to – it just feels like a feel-good sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's what people want. Um, well, this, the, the, the thing about Belfast – more. well, hold on. I, before I make that point, you, you mentioned there's potential for like four acting nominations in this movie. Sure. Or at least that's you – know, so are the others Jamie Dornan and Syrian Hines? Yeah. To me – and maybe I'm way off on this, but I feel like the the two supporting actresses are. If I was gonna say the most likely of those four to get nominations, I would have the I would have Katrina and Judy as one and two on my list. Well, it's come just 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 you know you without also... researching that and just kind of when I come out of the movie, who do I feel like is getting nominated from that? I I don't. I'm not as confident in Jamie or Syrian getting nominations. I think what you have to remember, though, is I think supporting actor feels a lot weaker. Okay. Yeah. I think Again, su- this is this is kind of Sans research. Yeah. I, I think supporting actors right now feels a little bit fuller, and we'll get into supporting actor next week. So you know. Now, would Jamie Dornan be in supporting actor? Yeah. Okay. I think they're all going. I think they're all going supporting, except for Buddy. Yeah, I guess, and buddy, and well, you, I mean, you talk. I mean, best actors filling up. We'll talk about that next week, right? But, um, okay, that was what I wasn't sure about whether Jamie Dornan yes. is going to be considered in yeah, the lead supporting. or supporting. So it it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it, it's. In, I like that we're sort of on the same level with this movie, a movie that I think, if it, when it inevitably wins best picture i'll maybe begrudge it a little bit just because i'll be annoying and pretentious about you know something i liked better not winning right but you know ultimately i don't think it's something i'll look back at historically and have that much of a gripe yeah worst case scenario you look back at this five ten years from now and be like oh belfast that was that was fine that was was a good movie yeah that's fine you know i cried in the theater yeah of course nothing new there i think the the best way to sum up it's its Oscar chances is coming out of that. I don't know if there's anybody in my life that I would be like, yeah, I don't think you'd like it. That's a great point. And it's I, one of the all time, like, you know, I'll, I'm going to yeah. tell my parents yeah. that they'll love it. Already I'm did. Tell, yeah, like everyone, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, you should see yeah. it. You're going to love it. That's exactly, that's a, that's a really good point. And so, especially with the way they do the kind of Oscar ballot ranking system. And I like, you know, when, for those who don't know, the the um, for best picture of the Oscars, everyone ranks their their favorite best pictures one to ten. With the, when they have the once the nominees are out and they're voting on the finalists, they rank them one to ten, and eventually they go through and eliminate based on who doesn't have enough first place votes and blah 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 blah. blah. But eventually, the ranked system can come into play. Um, and I just don't foresee anyone having Belfast at like the bottom half mm. of their list. Like that's yeah. going to be. You know, maybe it's not everyone's number one, but everyone's yeah. going to have it ranked positive in a, you yeah. know positively in their top ten. I would imagine. Yeah. But just a you know just a crowd pleaser. Everyone's going to love it. Yeah, I know. I think so. Tell your parents. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mostly tell your parents. Tell your coworkers. Mostly tell your parents. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably the target. I told my parents this because target demo. Well, my dad was asking me recently about like, oh, your mom and I are like looking for a movie to like return to theaters for. My there mom has been back, but my dad hasn't been back. And I, I truly, I think I text them like on the way, like go see Belfast. Well, one of the most important things. Now, one of the best reasons for this. Yeah. An hour thirty-eight. Oh, how have we not talked? We're in about and out, it? baby. How have we not talked about the length? We get right to it. Unbelievable. 
Also, goodbye. oh, speaking of my theater experience, by the way. So I saw this by myself, as we said. So I, <laughs> you know, at the landmark, you pick your seat, right? So I get there, pick my seat. I, like, go into the theater, and it's pretty full. And I can immediately tell when I walk in that somebody's in my seat. <laughs> and the previews are on, right? I get there a little bit late. The previews are on, so I'm like, well, okay. Well, what am I going to do? Uh, it's probably like 50% full in the upper section. Yeah. You know? So I see somebody's in my seat. And I'm not going to go over. And it's like, it's somebody in my seat who's in a group. So what? I'm going to go over and be like, hey, that's my seat. So I'm like, well, what, what do I do now? So I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit somewhere else. So guess where I picked? Top right corner. The top right the corner. The top right corner. And so at some point, I huh. think somebody was walking up to me because they, they came and they looked at me and they were confused. I think I was in their seat. So this is a whole domino effect. Domino effect. And so they just like were kind of looking around. They just like sat in the row in front of me to the left. But yeah. like it, it it's, it's a debacle. How did I didn't know what to me? do. I was so nervous. I was like, just, I'm about to move, start, 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 start. <laughs> right, I'm so right, nervous right. about having to like, having to talk to somebody be like, well, no, they were in my seat. So <laughs> yeah, I sat yeah. here. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I, um, I sat in the front. See, you know what? I'm telling you, I think about that now a lot. I want to be closer. So it, well, I'll, the interesting contrast here between my experience in Belfast and Spencer Belfast, I sat in the front section the last row of the front section, right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, it was a little too close. Like little... it, I had to do the the tilt your neck up thing. Yeah, um, but it was pretty. It was pretty full theater. And the last few times I'd been to the movies, I'd been like, you know that that last row of the front section seems like a pretty good spot. But uh, I think for some of the maybe the smaller theaters, that's a better seat than it was for for the one where I saw where it was one of the one of the uh, bigger ones. I'm not sure. entirely sure, but. It was a little too close, but it was it was kind of nice, and no one else sat in the entire front section. So I was oh wow, VIP. by myself up there, yeah. It okay, was just kind of like you know, I might try just that. feeling it up close, you know. I like that. Okay. And, and then at Spencer, I sat in the very last row in the middle, but that was a oh, smaller well, theater. Well, that's my favorite. That's my favorite seat, of course. <laughs> last row, middle. All right. Uh, you couldn't understand thirty percent of Belfast. Is that, <laughs> I mean, you wanted to mention were, that. There were well, no, I mean there were a few times when there. <laughs> You know, speaking in these pretty heavy Northern uh, Ireland accents, and I, I had no idea what they said. Yeah, I got most of it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a little Irish in me, so you know, I, I could understand. I'm probably more than you. I'm, I'm more. I mean, I'm, I'm Scottish, but yeah. Well, we, we could tell the accent's a little different. Um, hey, baby. But you know, my, my people are your people. They're from nearby. Have you ever been to Scotland? No. Okay. I'll should go there one day. Should we sure, go? Though. Huh? We should go after we talk to people in Belfast about, you know, what they think is number one at the box office. Well, we can do a um, – we'll do a Braveheart. Okay. Enough. Re- revisit and then we'll That's go to enough. Scotland. Uh, speaking of the United Kingdom. <laughs> oh, boy. Spencer. Wow. Spencer Tracy Confidential. <laughs> so the second movie we're – we're hitting on here, of course, is the Princess Diana biopic. Did you say biopic? No, I say biopic, like a normal person. Gotcha. But I don't. Does this even qualify? It does, but it doesn't. Now, I think. Yeah, go on. It is a movie about 
famous people with actors playing specific famous people that you know already. Yeah. And so in that case, it is a biopic. You know, it's it's. But in the, I think the reason you're saying it's not is because. You know, in general, when you think biopic, you think, like, here's their whole life and, uh-huh. and you know, the story of their life, uh, One Direction style. But <laughs> that song is so good. Oh, so good. We're talking about him again. Oh, my God. Um, this movie takes place over three, maybe four days. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a very specific moment in time film. A moment in time film. I like that. But... It is still a biopic to me. Sure. We can call it a biopic. Now, this, of course, was directed by Pablo Lorraine. Of course. Um, he <laughs> of... These people rolling their eyes. I, you know what? I, I like these, but it's always funny, like, when I'm listening to, oh, I don't know, like, if you're like... <laughs> I hate when people use "of course" like so obtusely. Oh, I love if you're it. like watching something, you're like, I don't know, you're watching a game, you're like, well, so and so who, of course, plays college ball at Arkansas State. <laughs> like, of course, Arkansas State. Yeah. Well, well, that's why it's of course. You tried to get non-specific there. Nobody's played at Arkansas State. It's okay. not even a school. Is it a school? It could be a school. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> Spencer. Uh, Kristen Stewart is Princess Diana. She sure is. What? First of all, are you a Diana like expert? And maybe, maybe, maybe that's even define expert. Okay, that's that's too strong. But are you well versed in the story of Diana's life? Yeah. And so you were like going. I had the beanie baby. The what? The beanie baby. A Princess Diana be- beanie baby. Are you kidding? I don't know what you're talking about. What? Did you li- did you have a childhood? I had beanie babies. You didn't have the Diana. Beanie babies were oh, like animals. He didn't have the Diana. They were animals. Look it up. About? He didn't have the Diana. Right, you on. know, I should up. have known. You don't seem like somebody who would have had the Diana. I, well, considering I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, spells it out. He didn't have the Diana Beanie Baby. All Not everybody did. Not everybody did. All I need is you. Um, do am I a Diana expert? Uh, basically, I thought you were looking up the Beanie Baby. I am. Beanie. <laughs> Feldstein. <laughs> Uh, what is this? I don't know what this is. It's a bear? Yeah. Oh, it's it's not just a bear. Why is it Princess Diana? I don't know how to explain that to you. You weren't really into the Beanie Baby culture like I was, okay? Did you wait in line at McDonald's for the mini Beanie Babies and the Happy Meal? Eh, probably not. <laughs> so, it's hard to talk to somebody who didn't do that. I waited in line for Chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what the hell is going on here. It's it's the Princess Diana beanie baby. But I don't why? know what why else is it Princess. Di- it's just a it's a purple bear. Why is it Princess Diana? What's <sighs> the connection? Because she was beautiful. Like oh my god! Be- you, so you just don't know, and so you're vamping while you look it up yourself. What is the connection to Princess <laughs> she Diana? She was beautiful, like <laughs> the beanie baby. I'm going 
to kill you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, hold. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Basically, well, <laughs> oh God, I got, I got. <laughs> I'm like, how? I before I collect on this link, I was like, how much you think one of these is on eBay? Because I bet it's twenty five million dollars. <laughs> The Diana Beanie Baby is unfortunately going for $9 <laughs> on eBay. But. Well, there was a time where they oh, were hold on. very valuable. Hold on. I'm in Ty. We just explain what I'm the collection is. I'm on TyCollector.com. It, or T-Y, I guess it's T-Y Collector. You can um, say Ty. It's, uh, Beanie Babies were made by Ty. Um, anyway, the uh, it's worth a higher value if it has the Canadian Customs tush <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Beanie Baby collectors call the tag that's coming out of the Beanie Baby's ass a, t- a tush tag. This was me as a child. <laughs> I I need you to explain what it has to do with Princess Diana. It benefited the Princess of Wales Memorial Fund. It was a crown jewel in the TY Toy Collector's assortment. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Ty. Um, I don't know. It has something to do with, like, you know. All right. So they made a oh, beanie baby that had something to do with Diana. Here it is. Uh, the creation of the Diana Bear. Oh my god, have you ever seen a cooler person? <laughs> this guy has four of them! Paul oh, Burrell. God. Oh, that's a fam- the always oh, former butler. Her former butler posing with the princess beanie baby. Can you just finish reading the part you were looking for? Oh, I need reading? to save this, so I'm I need to save this. You can put it in the show, show oh, notes. One hundred percent. I love this man. <laughs> the creation of the bear came just two months after her death. Wow, they worked fast. Uh, on October 29th, 1999, they began selling the toys for 5 to $7. The proceeds were promised to go straight to the Diana... Oh, promise? Uh-oh. <laughs> to, to the so Diana wait, Princess so, of Wales Memorial Fund. Princess Diana dies, and two months later... There was a beanie The Thai baby. company is like, let's do this. We oh, need to make hold. a Diana this, beanie baby. This is the best thing I've ever seen. According to the what a nineties moment. According to the TY Collector website, each royal purple bear, appropriately named Princess, includes a small white rose in the left side of its chest and a touching poem printed on the heart-shaped tag attached to one ear that reads, <clears throat> "And it seemed to me <laughs> you lived your life like a candle in the wind." I. Who could die and then somebody could sing at their funeral and that song would become a hit? It's a short list. Michelle Obama. Oh, maybe this is the Pablo Lorraine list. The same thing, really, if you think (laughs) about it. Anyway, the poem read, Like an angel she came from heaven above. She shared her compassion, her pain, her love. She only stayed with us long enough to teach the world to share, to give, to reach. Do you think Prince Charles wrote this poem? Uh, wait. The company ended up donating an estimated twenty-one point eight million dollars to Diana's foundation because of the Beanie Babies. <laughs> Jesus, that's wild, unbelievable. And her legacy lives on. I mean, you know, for a while it looked like you know Di's legacy was going to be landmines. Turns out, Beanie Babies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Am so, I a Princess Diana expert? No. Have I long been fascinated by her? Yes. I think because... I guess my question oh. for asking that is... Not to cut you off, but... Oh, well, you did. But to cut you off. Um, did you... Did anything happen in that movie? Or did you learn anything kind of about her that you didn't really realize? I guess basically, well, for me, the, de- the depths of, you know... You know, but, I'm sure there's a debate as to what its accuracy, but the exactly. depth of her kind of basically mental illness. Well, uh, it's interesting. The, the answer, I guess, is no. But I think that that's that sort of a warning going into this movie is like this is not the crown. This is a sort of cinematic, often uh, abstract often like non-realistic look at her life like this is and right i mean there there are dream sequences oh yeah and there's stuff that obviously yeah she's having so hallucinations no. I and guess. i think that this is what makes a movie like this really interesting and there's been some pushback on this i think from people who were like oh like, uh, like you said a princess diana biopic and right. Kristen Stewart's playing her and they go and they're like what that's the fuck is this artistic this is. shit yeah. yeah yeah and that's why let's just get into it i love this movie Okay, me too. <laughs> I because we did an entire episode about biopics. Every single biopic sucks. <laughs> this is so good and the the decision to make and again, so Pablo Lorraine who did Jackie, I think you said that. It's in that same vein. It's taking this like major person's life taking it into a small little, little window snapshot of a few days and that it's and genius kind of cranking all of the the um themes of that person's life and it like, is genius i do not need to see another biopic again in my life if pablo lorraine is not directing it and you heard me martin scorsese <laughs> jerry garcia <laughs> fuck you jerry garcia well, they better get into that. They absolutely will. I think every single move made here is flawless. I love this movie, and I think it is so smart, and I think it is so good. And I, th- I would urge again. It's like, it's excuse me. It's interesting with a movie like this because you take somebody like Diana, who obviously, oddly somehow has become even more of a mythical creature after her death because people love talking about her and making documentaries about her and making movies about her. And, you know, obviously the last whole season of The Crown was about her. Uh, I hope that people give this movie a chance. And I think that people who don't like it, it's, you know, unfortunately, I guess not for you. Yeah, there's going to be people that, hate this yeah un- undoubtedly but yeah I-, I think your your point of this is not the crown this is this is you know more of a artistic look um and, and it's not supposed to be this kind of summary of her life no no uh, obviously not and like it's it's so it's so beautiful and it's so patient and it's so dark i don't think that it's a masterpiece there's some parts of it that don't work for me and i'll just call her out right now 
Anne Boleyn, girl, baby girl, we don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Anne, sorry. Thanks for coming, Anne. But I don't. That kind of whole subplot of her, uh, basically, the, the the plot of this movie is, this is, I believe, Christmas 1991. Uh, Diana and Charles have had their issues. They're still together. They have not actually separated yet. That's to come, you know, just a few months after the events of this movie. But this is basically the theory of this, of this movie is basically like, this is where she decides that she's, she's going to end things with Charles. Um, and so she is kind of reluctantly at the family Christmas gathering. Yeah. Um, and it's just an absolute nightmare scenario for Diana. She's like, basically, I hate all these people. This is literally torture other than my two sons yeah. who are my saving grace, basically. Um, and so within this, she she is reading a book about Anne Boleyn and then starts having these kind of nightmares slash, slash hallucinations about Anne Boleyn and how you know they're making a parallel to to. Anne Boleyn getting beheaded by Henry VIII and how that's how Diana feels as well is that she's yeah. kind of being, you know, being slowly killed by it's a little heavy having handed. to go through things with this family. It's a little heavy handed. Yes. It, it like there was there's enough there. It's an interesting idea in theory, of course. But then she keeps – here's what I would have liked, I think. She keep Anne Boleyn in like these whatever dream nightmare scenarios keep showing up. I think when it was effective, and I think it would have been the only time that it had happened, was when she breaks into the house and she sees her on the top of the right. staircase. I think if that was the only time she had seen Agreed. her, I think that would have been way more effective. And I kind of like her. Also, would I have been like, who the fuck is this bitch? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I kind of like her reading the – yeah, right, because I like her reading the book about it, but having these kind of recurring visions was yes. you know, a step and a half over- overkill. Also – no, sorry, go on. Uh, but there are so many l- small moments in this movie um, that are just, like, fantastic moments. I think my f- – I don't know if it's my favorite part of the entire movie, but it, it might be is the the scene where she gives um, William and Harry their Christmas presents in, like, the middle of the night. And they're kind of role-playing as soldiers at the time. Is it? Of just a phenomenal scene. When I tell you. And the touch of making that like a game between them instead of just like, here's your present, oh. Harry, and it's this. But like they're – it's just the the humanity that that gives each of the each of them yep. is just a home run movie moment. And Kristen's too – and we'll get into Kristen here in a moment. But in those scenes with the kids, she shines. Yes, she is phenomenal. Like mm. the like that. I that's when I really sort of saw Diana. I think was in those scenes. Right. Um. I I I totally agree. Because there's a lot of you know you talked about the Anne Boleyn stuff. My only other kind of not even negative, but like, it was a lot of like her versus them. Yeah, sure. Like the rest of the family, and there are killer moments within that. The 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 scene at the pool table with Charles <laughs> is a home run, but there's a lot of moments where you're like, okay, we, like yeah, it's sure. almost like, all right, we we get it, but the whole thing is so beautifully shot. It's and, and, so beautiful. Um, but really, those moments with her childrens, I think, stand out 
Yeah. Just as, and uh, I alluded to it, obviously, uh, and I don't want to spoil the scene itself, but the song that I played at the very beginning of the episode <gasps> is one of those moments she's having with her children where you're just like. I'm telling you, though, like to go from all of that, from the drama and the terror of being with that family in that house to going yeah yeah i don't want to spoil too much i guess but the catharsis of that scene of driving away in that car and going where they go it's also like no other movie's doing this yeah no other movie's doing this and this is, that's what the whole movie's about is the contrast of you just see the life w- within uh diana in these moments with her children Versus every other moment of her in the movie where she's yeah. just dying, basically. You yeah. know, it's... Oh. <laughs> so let's, so uh, let's transition here a bit. Let's talk about Kristen, yes. specifically. So it's I don't think it's a secret to anybody who listens to this podcast, probably, and certainly not us. But Kristen Stewart, at this point, as we sit here in mid-November, is, I would say, by all accounts, the best actress frontrunner. For sure. How do you feel now that you've seen the movie about her chances? So, about her actual chances to win, I feel, I think, even stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just This just feels like almost a no-brainer that she's going to win this. Um, again, this is obviously not having seen any of the other, you know, handful of, of top contenders. But this feels like an Oscar winning performance. It's, you know, there hasn't been a Diana movie. Certainly not recently. I mean, there's the stuff on the crown. Well, there's the lust. We, I mean, the disrespect you're showing to Naomi Watts right now is absolutely astounding. I didn't see it. What? Oh, didn't see it at all. What was it? It's called Diana. Ah, I think it was by all accounts. Terrible. (laughs) Gotcha. Sorry, Naomi. Love you, girl. She, Naomi Watts does listen to the podcast. Yeah, she does. Um, to me, and, and as far as what I would choose, uh, I think Kristen is really, really, really great. My only drawback is just this kind of disdain for people playing famous people and winning Oscars for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I looked briefly at, I don't think it's as prevalent in Best Actress as it is in Best Actor. But even still, uh, three of the past ten winners have been for playing well-known mm-hmm. women. Uh, Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Um, Olivia Colman as Queen Anne a couple of years ago in The Favorite. And then back in 2011, uh, Meryl. Queen Anne feels a little, I mean, it's. That was definitely different. That wasn't just like a, you know, it wasn't like it's a Queen Anne biopic. Yeah. But, you know, that be, it was, she was still playing. A, real, a queen, yeah. sure, a very famous person, and then um, 2011 Meryl Streep won for um, playing Margaret Thatcher, sure. Which stop it, yeah. Um, and and there's always, almost every year, is at least two or three of the five nominees are for real people, yeah, in varying degrees. Well, of fame. So I am pro Kristen winning. I think she's going to win, but I do have that fundamental drawback about. The kind of acting is acting as celebrity impressionist. Well, I have some bad news for you because I think as you found over the past week, her biggest competition might be 
Nicole Kidman playing <laughs> Lucille God damn it. Ball. Ah. So I I actually really agree with you, and I think it, it it can sort of become a lazy thing where we see like, you know, oh did you hear Ryan Gosling's playing, uh, uh, you know. Mike Pence, <laughs> probably gonna win the Oscar for that. You know, you could have like, got, you could probably could have gone with Neil Armstrong there as your. Well, character. that did, <laughs> you know, that didn't quite work, did it? Um, but yeah, the whole sort of like famous person transforming into a famous person. Uh, here's your gold statue thing. I do think is it's annoying, but it's also interesting. It's it's like it's why people are so impressed with impressions. On like SNL. Right. You know, it's like because it's almost an easier way to gauge the job somebody's doing if you know what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. And it's like if you and watch the more some, famous they are, the more the average person well, can tell and how can I tell you something good your impression of them is. Here's the irony of all of this. I don't think it's a great Diana impression. No, and I think that's why it's ultimately a great performance. I I agree, but if we're, if we're talking Crown versus Spencer, which I think is kind of a lazy, easy thing to do, but I think Emma Corrin in the Crown is way more Diana mm-hmm. than Kristen Stewart is, and I loved Emma Corrin in the Crown to be to be clear, but I think Kristen Stewart it. I never really got Diana from her performance, but somehow it doesn't matter. I'm never like I'm watching Diana. Like I, I was always very aware. There are a couple of moments where, whether it's the 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 but outfits not, or something, but but it's not a great. Oh, the outfits. Yeah. My God. Okay. First of all, the fact that this movie. First of all, it's an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> The fact that this movie, the subplots of this movie are about the clothes, and I want to talk about this, the food. Yes, 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 yes. Genius. It's so smart. It's so smart. And so, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm never... My one drawback there. Yeah. um, I'm sorry. What is the the actor who plays the chef? What's his name? Sean Harris. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, He is a bad guy in multiple of the Mission Impossible movies. Oh. And it's very jarring for him to be this, like... Like, he's the one who's, like, telling Ethan Hunt, uh, yeah. you know, about about all his follies and how he's, his demise is upcoming. And then all sure. of a sudden, he's, like... He's kind of like a... Putting moose on a pea soup. <laughs> right. And also that being, like... soup. Someone who, who's there to... Who's kind of there for Diana when she needs a visit? Well, did you see? Bit. It's also it's so funny how these like uh, like award season narratives start. Have you seen that? Like the guy who plays the real life chef has been giving interviews. Oh, that's where great. he's like, I've never seen her embodied more in real life. Like, like <laughs> I love like, that. Okay, here we go. All right, the Kristen Stewart machine is yeah. <laughs> in up. full throttle. Also, the kind of head butler guy who's like Timothy Spall running the house just. He's so good. Just the most English guy you can imagine. Yeah. And he's, he's, it really is this thing of like, so his whole thing is he's sort of like stalking her. And every time you see him coming, it's literally like, oh God, here he comes again. <laughs> right. and it's, it's like, yeah, she's happy. But he's also so perfect. Yes. He's um, so uh, good. I'm glad. So we're on the same page for both of these movies. I know. I was kind of, I was a little surprised. I, mean, I really, I, I, I really thought the world of it. 
I think it, it it's it's a few inches away from being perfect for me, but it's man. I did too. It's one of those movies that I just loved as I was watching. I was super into it. Um, I as I step back and the the further I get away from it, I I'm not sure I'm gonna like watch it many times going mm. forward. But the but. I don't want that to take away because that's not all a movie is about. But like the experience of watching it that first time will, is just going to be See, something I remember. See, for me, I it's remember. almost the opposite. Like I've been thinking about it <clears throat> quite a bit. It's like lingered with me. Yeah, yeah. No, it has with me as well. But just because there's there's, I just don't think it's one that's going to be like heavy in my rotation. That's going to become something I watch, you know, five times over the next ten years. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean, I would watch it again right now, of course. I kind of wanted to, actually. I know. Should we, should we <laughs> go? Is, do you think there's a... Oh, no, it's midnight. Oh, shit. Okay, so let's talk. So, you know, Kristen... Oh, sorry. You have another point to make? Other actress... Who are the other uh, best actress con- well, that's, top that's, contenders? Yeah, that's where I was going. Great. So, Kristen is uh, the front runner. Uh, and, and as I just sort of alluded to a second ago, right now on the awards watch poll, number two... Is Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, a movie that I think a week ago I thought was destined to be a Razzie contender, an absolute disaster. This is where Nicole Kidman plays Lucille Ball. But again, I haven't seen it obviously yet, but I think it clues into this. It's not necessarily a traditional biopic. Right. It's so we'll see. Written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, Javier Bardem plays Desi Arnaz. By all accounts, you know, people have seen it and they say Nicole is is phenomenal. Uh, Number three uh, is Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Yes. Number four is Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza. Okay. And number five right now, so these would be the five nominees, is Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. The three yeah. others, the runners-up right now in sixth place would be Frances McDormand for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Number seven is Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. And number eight is Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's shaping up to be a pretty interesting best actress. It seems like a good race. It's an interesting race. And it will sort of be torture for me if it's Kristen Stewart versus Nicole Kidman. Because Not I a ton of diversity in the race? Well, no. As usual? Not. Unfortunately? Well, not at all. I know. It, it, it's shaping up to be interesting, though. I think even if Nicole delivers, and it, by all accounts she does... I still think Kristen, for multiple reasons, just kind of has to be out in front. I think so too. I think it's a good narrative. It's with a great Kristen narrative. Too. Like, it's a great narrative. She's she's gone from this like mega mega star in these kind of movies that were like teen movies that nobody really respected. Yeah. From a kind of performance standpoint, and and then she's kind of worked her way through the kind of becoming an indie darling after uh and now it's kind of culminated in this like acclaimed performance of obviously an uh an american or not an american a worldwide icon yeah um and it just there's there's a narrative there of that that makes a lot of sense um that i think people are going to latch on to along with just like if you just see a you know there's you can put out stills from this movie and people are gonna be like, "Oh my god!" You yeah. know, like the the first one that was released of her in the 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 red coat with the black like veil thing. Um, you know, Heaven. people just know that image of Diana, and yeah. and it pops and it connects. 
it, it's it's fun because I think that up until the being the Ricardos reactions came out, it was like, is she just going to win this in a cakewalk? So it's kind of fun yeah. to have a little bit of a race here, maybe because I think Nicole's really the only one at this point who's going to challenge her. Like maybe, and I I I really highly doubt it, but maybe there's some sort of movement for like. Alana Heim, if like licorice pizza really takes off as a thing, right? I mean, it we have doesn't we have just, recent winners in in the mix that like you know Olivia Coleman just won a couple years ago. She's not going to lost daughter. Francis you know? McDormand won last year. Otherwise, I think she would probably be more Gaga in this race. House of Gucci is apparently a mess, basically that isn't really going anywhere. I mean, she's not Gaga's not winning certainly. I mean, maybe you know she's challenging for a nomination, but right. You know. I, don't, I don't know if people have seen Parallel Mothers. People have, but that, hey, she's, you kind of know winning. she's going to be great in that, and it's yeah. going to be worth the nomination. But it seems unlikely. Well, but. and it's funny that I feel this way, but like Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye, like a few months ago, felt like a surefire nominee and maybe a contender for the win. And that movie just completely nobody saw it. Right. And no, and it's funny that box office can still tank a movie like that, especially in 2021. We're like, that's why like being on a streamer or something like it's interesting, you know? Yeah, you don't have that. You don't negative downside. I mean, I guess the equivalent is it just kind of disappears and nobody sees it and talks about it. But at least there's not like a f- also. And it only made it four flopped. million dollars or whatever. Because the narrative completely changed. You can always changed. just pretend it didn't flop. Well, on that Sunday after it came out, the narrative completely changed. Nobody saw this fucking movie. Right. And her chances are dead. Which is like, why, why does why why does that matter? Because well, if she was great, people would have gone to see it. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is, I I thought she was pretty great that movie, and so I'm kind of bummed uh, you, that she's. I mean, completely a mere gone. like month and a half ago on this podcast, you were oh. you were locking in Aretha Frank or, or Isn't, Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. You know what? As, That's a perfect. A t- that is a perfect tie-in to why Spencer is what it is. You look at respect that by the numbers, formulaic biopic. It does no service to Aretha Franklin. It does no service to anybody involved. It is so boring. It is so stale. And I think Jennifer does what she can in the movie, but like. God bless a movie like Spencer who tries to do something cool and innovative with the biopic and it paying off. Like, you love to see it. You do. Not sure about, uh, how'd you feel about the guy playing Charles? Uh, nothing. He was too short. Yeah. Isn't and Charles kind of tall? Oh, I, oh, I've never looked at the man. But I, <laughs> uh, it is tough though. It, it's, it's not. Especially, like, when The Crown was such a thing. Like, Josh O'Connor, I thought, was great as Charles. And it's, like, it's almost hard not to see Josh O'Connor in that role. Even, like, the, the, the actress who plays the Queen, who I don't know who that is. I mean, she barely has any lines. But right. it's, like, well, you're not Olivia Coleman. But she, she, like, she did a lot with a little, I thought. She has that one scene. What does she say? They're on the steps. Yeah, she has, like, the kind of thematic line of the whole movie. I forget what it is. But, oh, sure, yeah. Uh, but she has a lot of good You're going to die in a crash. She's like, <laughs> she does a lot of like, kind of evil sort of looks. Prince yeah, Charles yeah, is five yeah. ten. The court. Oh, hmm. hmm. Huh. Uh, do you think Prince Charles is packing? Packing what? Dick. <laughs> I don't know. Get Camilla on the phone. Oh, don't. Oh, that scene outside the church yeah, when good. they're staring daggers at each other. 
Man. Great stuff. Prince William is 6'3". Ugh. Don't get me started on Prince William. Harry's six feet. Wait! I know the answer. No, he can't. But we're talking about... So Pablo Lorraine, who directed Jackie, about Jackie, you know, Kennedy Onassis, uh, Spencer, of course, about Diana. And he said he wants to make a trilogy of these sort of movies. It's Meghan Markle. Huh. Is that too close? It feels... Hmm. It's too close. Yeah, it's probably... Too You're close. kind of telling that same story. It's, of, it's literally the same villains. Yeah, I'm talking myself out of it. It's too close. <laughs> Who should it be, though? We were talking about this before the podcast. Well, I don't know. Is it... Barbara Bush? Maybe we go the other way, and it's Kate Middleton. I actually thought about Kate, but that can't. I mean, what a disappointment she turned out to be. Yeah, you don't like her? No. Gorgeous gal. Gorgeous oh, gal. Can wear clothes beautifully. But, eh. Nah. <laughs> After what she did to Megan? Oh, I'm team Megan and Harry, by the way. I mean. I, I don't really care for any of them. You don't like Megan and Harry? Harry seems cool. You don't like Megan? Megan seems all right. What's the difference? Why don't you like her? She doesn't seem particularly cool. She seems whatever. Harry had those uh, the the naked photos okay. in Vegas. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I knew that was coming. All right. Well, okay. Trying to have a nice conversation with you. What's wrong with that? No, nothing. I mean, God. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure if Meghan Markle had some naked pictures of her in Vegas, that she'd be cool too. Oh no, I'm sorry. Just because it's a man. She's like a lame actress from whatever show she was on. And okay, it's like called Suits, and it ran for many years. A dealer no deal model. Yeah, great. God, dealer no deal. What a program that was. <laughs> what a program that was. All right, I think it's officially time for the hastily prepared top ten of the week. Oh boy. Here we go. Once again, I have no idea where this is going. He spent about four hours figuring it out. No, no, no. It was hastily prepared. Yeah. I spent about four hours thinking of what I should do for <laughs> Well, it. sure. And then I uh, came up with it and made the list in about 20 seconds. Yeah, spent four hours coming up with an idea. Okay. All right. The This week's hastily prepared top ten of the week. The top ten movies about... About? Uh, uh, what? Titled... With a city name. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, to be clear, uh, it, the title has to be just the city name. Yeah. Okay. As you just said. But like, uh, you know, fear and loathing in Las Vegas doesn't count. Okay. 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 Um, although, whatever. All right. Number 10. This is insane. Top 10 movies with only a city as the title of the movie. Number 10, Belfast. <laughs> Okay. We're I getting right to it. Sort of figured out what's coming. Uh, number nine, Nashville. Oh, okay, sure. That's you, not higher? Robert Altman. Well, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So I couldn't... Uh, <laughs> it felt like it needed to be on the list, but I've never seen it, so I couldn't place <laughs> it any higher. Uh, number eight, Philadelphia. Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Ever yeah, heard of no it? No crowd pleaser. Uh, number seven, Manhattan. Well, controversial. Woody Allen picture. 
You know, uh, spoiler uh, we alert. We don't have time. Not a spoiler alert, uh, but uh, I've never seen that one either. You've never seen Manhattan? No, I've seen part of it, but never the whole thing. So why did you do this list, may I ask? <laughs> I've seen eight of the ten on the list. <laughs> You've never seen Manhattan. That's shocking. Never seen Manhattan, never seen Nashville. Nash- I'll, I'll watch them both before next week. On number six, in Bruges. Now, huh? What is that a city? Yeah, in Bruges. Bruges. What? Uh, I don't know. Where, where's Bruges? Bruges is. Oh, it's called in, in Bruges. Well, but it's Bruges. No, no, no. Hold on. Your entire. It's not a hard and fast rule. There can be some words. Wow. <laughs> it's in Belgium. That movie rules. Yeah, that's great. Okay, um, but you, okay. I mean, you're breaking whatever. You're number breaking five, the whole contract of this. But number yeah, five, go. Seattle. <laughs> I hate you. Parentheses. I I really sleepless in and parentheses. I really. This is the worst one of these yet. This might have to be the last one. Number four. <laughs> Miami. Okay. Vice. Nice. <laughs> Turning. Number three. Hold on. The fact that Miami Vice is ahead of these other movies. What? Miami Vice is incredible. We did a whole fucking episode on it for some reason. Have you ever seen it? Miami Vice versus (laughs) Stepmom. (laughs) What is this show? Number three. The Philadelphia Story. Okay. Again. No, that counts. Really the only word that matters in that title. It could just be called Philadelphia, but there's already a movie named Philadelphia. Also, isn't... Wait. Oh, Philadelphia Story. The? I should, the. Know, I should know this as somebody who said this is one of my favorite movies. I am uh, <laughs> just watched this recently again. 95% sure it's The? Th- yeah. The, the Philadelphia Story? Uh, The. Yeah, The. The, right? God. Hang on. I'm confirming. Yeah, confirmed it's The. To host a movie podcast, you'd be like, oh, so one of the best movies of all time. It's named. Do we know it? <laughs> a Philadelphia Story? That movie, uh, so, that movie slides. Can you believe that Phil, the, <laughs> the city of Philadelphia represented twice on this list, but yet no Boston. Philadelphia. No Boston. How sure. is there not a movie named Boston? There's a movie called Detroit. What's Ben Affleck doing? Oh, Detroit did not make the yeah, list. Spoiler alert. Well, you know what? Never saw it. Um, number two. Oh, God. Fargo. <laughs> okay. Good one. Go on, go on. And number one, Casablanca. Oh, interesting. Okay. Any jump out that I might have missed? I was wondering when Chicago was coming. Oh yeah, I but forgot to put that one. I don't. There. I don't begrudge that. I mean, that should be on the list ahead of Miami parentheses Vice and parentheses. Uh, no, it shouldn't. I mean, Chicago's a. F- it's fine. I mean, this is a better movie than what else is on this godforsaken list? Uh, Philadelphia, Manhattan, Bruges, Seattle, <laughs> parentheses Sleepless in Seattle. God, you know what? I just miss rom-com so much. And it made me sad because I watched that trailer for the new Jennifer Lopez one. Did you watch that? No. Uh, no good? No. Mm, unfortunately. I just miss rom-com so much. All right, recapping the top ten no. movies with cities as the title of the movie. Number ten, Belfast. Number nine, Nashville. Number eight, <laughs> Philadelphia. Number seven, Manhattan. Number six, In Bruges. Number five, Seattle, parentheses, Sleepless Inn. Number four, Miami, parentheses, Vice. Number three, Philadelphia, parentheses, The Philadelphia Story. 
I don't know if we needed parentheses there. Uh, number no. two, Fargo. And number one, Casablanca. Wow. Play it again, Sam. Well, you do know that I played Rick in Casablanca. Oh, God. Here we go. Fucking story time. Two hours into well, the no. podcast. Well, <laughs> no. I'm just saying I played Rick in Casablanca. Rick who? Rick Casablanca. Rick Dalton? Is that his name? Rick Dalton? No. Rick. That's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm Rick, oh, Rick. fucking Dalton. Of course. Don't swear. Rick, Don't swear um, on this podcast. Rick, 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 Rick. What's his name? Rick. Rick. Let's start with an S. Ooh. Rick. 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 What are the rest of their names? Rick. I'm looking up Rick Sam. Casablanca. Uh, it's Rick Blaine. I never in a oh, million see, years. Oh, see, I don't feel bad that. about not knowing. I don't feel bad about not Victor knowing. Victor Laszlo. They say his name a bunch of times. Yeah, they, they sure do. I don't know do. if they say Rick Blaine many times. Oh, God. Now I just want to watch Casablanca. Ilsa? Her name's Ilsa? Yeah. Huh. Great picture. <laughs> Ever seen it? Oh, heavy. Oh, my God. You know what? I, actually, I haven't seen it in maybe, I don't know. It's been a little while. It's probably been like four or five years. What's I your, would love to watch it. What's your favorite line from it? Play it now, Jack! I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. How's that? Um, it was pretty bad. Thanks. No, that was a good list. That was a good list. Oh, it feels good to be back. We took a week off. It felt like a month. It felt like so long since our last recording. I know. But this is fun. We're in the thick of it. We're in the thick of awards season. Into the thick season. of it. Into the thick of it. Hamilton? What? Hamilton? No. What is it? I don't know. Do you know anything you say? No, I just have a bunch of like vague references to stuff in my brain, but I don't really know what any of it is. Thick from. of it. Thick of it. Into the thick of it. That's the thing. I, I'm sure it is. Most people who sing things know what they're singing. Into the thick of it. Huh? Hamilton? Song by the Backyardigans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a TikTok thing. It's a TikTok thing. That's what I know it from. I what know does it that from mean? TikTok. Is it a song? Yes, it's a song. But by it's like who? A, it's like a kids show song. By the... Oh, all right, hold on. What on and There's an earth. ad. It's an ad, okay? TikTok thing. Don't worry about it. Can I ask you an honest question? You're not cool enough to be on TikTok. Can I ask you an honest question? Mm, it might what be too late for that. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next week on the Popcorn <laughs> Boys, we will be discussing King Richard and Will Smith's best actor chances. Man, you talk about another. I mean, have two. People playing real life people ever one actor and actress in the same year. It probably happened last year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Who won best actor last year? Uh. <laughs> Feels like something we should conjure up quicker than oh this. Oh my god, isn't that so sad? Oh wait, not last year. Two years ago, because that was when uh, Renee won for Judy. Was that um, Rami? Oh, I thought you were just asking. 
No, that was. Uh, that I was asking what? Wait, who won Best Actor last year? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. God, how this is really? I'm, I'm, I'm. Abs- oh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, of course. Well, it's not our fault. He wasn't even there. Well, yeah. Well, I'm editing that out. It's very embarrassing. He accepted his Oscar via Zoom. Oh boy. They didn't let him. God. Remember the Oscars last year? I. Please don't get me started. I mean, I need them to be good this year. Can we, hold on. Remember when the Oscars ended on Best Actor instead of Best Picture because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win? It, it, I, I don't know where to start with that. <laughs> I, we're almost a year out. I, I, you know, I really I haven't worked my way through that. Uh, Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury won the same year that Olivia Coleman won playing Queen Anne. I don't think that counts. Okay. Um... Then We're just going to go through every year. It's probably been a while. We'll find out. Yeah, so we did actress and supporting actress this week. Uh, next week, we'll do sort of actress, supporting actress, state of the races, mostly because of the fact that, as you were saying, King Richard is coming out, and also Come On, Come On, a movie I'm excited about. And also Ghostbusters. Oh, my God. Yeah, Don't Paul Rudd. That, Paul Rudd is probably winning Best Actor. <laughs> um, no, but we'll talk Come On, Come On, Joaquin Phoenix's maybe middling Oscar chances. Then we'll also get into uh, Syrian Hines and Jamie Dornan from Belfast. We'll throw it back and uh, and see where things are. We're, we're in it. Plus, another hastily prepared top ten of the week. Oh, my God. The Popcorn Boys are back, baby. Yeah, that's right. Good night. Bye.